0: The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the App Guide podcast. It's me, Paul Kemp. I'm your host. And this is the show where we like to go and uh, invite guests from around the world, uh, people with inspiring stories and entrepreneurs, uh, app developers, authors, uh, anyone that can really help us with our own entrepreneurial pursuits. So if you're listening and you're thinking about either getting into this entrepreneurial world or alternatively, maybe you're already in it and uh, you're looking for inspiration. Well, this is the podcast for you. And, you know, I'm really thrilled uh, today because we've got a a very important guest on this show. Now, in in terms of, um, you know, being an app developer, being an online entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges is that we spend a lot of time on our machines and we don't move. And we've had now a number of different episodes over the series where people are just extremely, uh, I guess, emphasizing the importance of exercise and moving around and getting our bodies moving. And uh, I started doing this myself. I started getting a more more fit and um, more uh, active. And it's really, I think, it rapidly and in, generally increased my overall productivity. So um, that is why then I hunted down this next guest and I'm just so thrilled he could join us. His name is uh, Joe Veneri. It's Joe Veneri, and if you go to uh, Hybrid athlete, just literally Google Hybrid Athlete, uh, you will find uh, his website. And uh, the website's just terrific because it talks about uh, health, happiness, and hustle. And he has been mentioned all over the web. I mean, we're talking about... Venture Beat, Men's Fitness, Active, Women's Health, Reader's Digest, and now the App Guy Podcast are the best of the bunch. So, Joe, it's with great pleasure that I introduce you to our show.
1: Great, thank you for having me.
0: Oh, thank you for joining us. So, you know, it would be great to, I guess, just hear how and you know how you ended up with this uh, website and your business and uh, just generally getting into the whole fitness and uh, and well being.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, The website actually was started out as a a, a gym. I owned a a 12,000-square-foot gym, and we ran um, different types of exercise classes and used some unorthodox equipment like kettlebells and tractor tires and kind of like some strongman-esque things. Um, If people are familiar with CrossFit, we were a CrossFit affiliate, um, so we had quite a few Members uh, up to 400 at the peak, and um, when I say we, it was my brother Anthony and I. We've been in business together for about four years, and you know, we were going strong with the gym and had received some recognition and press because we were both so young. I was uh 22, he was 18 when we opened the gym, and there was a certain point about two years in that we decided that we didn't want to be gym owners our entire lives, we in fact wanted to. Be entrepreneurs, and we wanted to reach a lot more people and whatever we were talking about. So, we looked to transition into the online space. And about two years ago, we did that when we launched um, thehybridathlete.com. And we built it as an online resource for fitness seekers. And we're, you know, my goal is to make people happy and healthy. And, you know, that's what we focus a lot on.
0: So, Joe, we've got a lot to talk about here because uh, clearly health is going to be something I'll I'll focus on. But initially, I just must ask you, I mean, the health space online is extremely competitive. Here you were, you're very young, 22 years old and your brother only 18. It's just phenomenal. And how scared were you about making that transition into such a competitive field?
1: Yeah, I think. Um, we didn't know any better. Uh, we, I, I don't know that we sat down and consciously thought about it. It was one of those things that we say, be, be confident and clueless. Be confident that you can do what it takes and clueless that failure is an option. And that's kind of what we've abided by um, since we decided to get into this. But the, the decision itself was one that kind of came out of a bit of a tragedy. My father was diagnosed with brain cancer. And, um, at the time I was living out of state, I was a high school social studies teacher. Um, and you know, I had no plans beyond being a teacher for the rest of my life. And when my dad was diagnosed with cancer, I moved home and helped care for him. And after he passed away, it was kind of one of those things where, um, what is it that I'm going to do for work? I didn't have a job and I was going to try to find to do something meaningful and, you know, affect change in other people's lives. So helping people exercise and helping them get fit and working at a local gym, uh, it all kind of spun forward into, you know, I guess what it is today.
0: So it's, it's interesting when I look back at all the other episodes I've done on the App Guy podcast, and uh, there has been a few times where, you know, a tragedy, I mean, I'm so sorry to hear about, you know, your, your, your tragedy with your father. I'm thinking back to uh, the episode with Steve Olsher, and, and he had built, you know, four businesses, one of them worth $118 million. And he had a complete life change when uh, he uh, had his dad, who had unfortunately fallen uh, really ill. And it makes us, I guess, think about our lives and think about what we want to do uh, and, and to make a difference and to give back. It, could you, I guess, is that fair? You know, is it, do we kind of need this jolt to, to really think about our lives and, and think about what we want to do, for, you know, in terms of giving back to the world?
1: You know, I think that it happens when there's a tragedy or when there's, you know, something that makes you question the path that you're on and it doesn't have to be, you know, somebody's passing, but, you know, if you're in a relationship and that comes to an end or maybe it's a friendship or you lose a job, a lot of times that's when you, you know, people get to this point and they start questioning things. But, you know, one thing I found since my dad's passing and having gone through that is that, you know, there's scenarios that can be ready-made like you can work yourself through that process of evaluating what you're doing with your life what type of legacy you want to leave what, what are the reasons that you do the work that you do and what, what would you do if you could do anything so I feel like when people talk about being mindful meditation and meditation and being grateful for what you have in journaling like those are all really great steps to get hold of what you're doing and, and kind of create a track going forward without there having to be any tragedy, right? That's just kind of recognizing what you want to do ultimately.
0: Yeah. And uh, given that you work so closely with your brother, how helpful was that in in, in terms of your business?
1: It was essential. It w- I would not have, I don't know that I ever would have done what I did, kind of gone out and tried to start a business if it was just me, but knowing that there's somebody not just a, a partner in business that you've decided to go into business together, but somebody that, regardless of what happens in the business, you're you're going to be together the rest of your lives. We're brothers. We're best friends. So um, it was essential to everything we've done, and you know everything we do going forward.
0: Yeah, you know, one of the things I get from listeners is that uh, they they find it tough to uh, seek out a partner, you know, a business partner, and. Uh, we often know that uh, having a business partner really does help focus your, I guess, mindset on the, on the business, uh, you know, rather than trying to do it on your own. And so, sometimes we often neglect our own family, or, uh, I guess, our brothers and sisters and our friends, closest friends. And it's good to hear that you know it does make such a difference uh, having someone you obviously trust, and that you can uh, partner up and uh, and run the business together.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's not to say that there's not moments where being brothers, we can kind of throw down and, and brawl it out and, you know, yell and scream at each other. But uh, at the end of the day, there's no kind of walking away and turning our backs. It's like you said that, you know, we're somebody we're a kind of a pair that's um, for better or for worse, <laughs> you know, linked <laughs> to one another at this point.
0: So, so it's interesting that you know you started uh, obviously a traditional type of business earlier in your life and then you made that transition to online. Uh, what was the worst thing about running, I guess what I would call a bricks and mortar business, something that you had to buy space and obviously get insurance and all this sort of stuff? What uh, What was the worst thing you think of in terms of running a traditional business?
1: The capital, the overhead that was... You know, always there. And it was, we were, when we opened the gym, we didn't take out any loans. Um, We did it all on money that we were kind of making on a side hustle, personal training, teaching outdoor fitness classes, doing designing workouts for family, friends, people in the community. Um, And Anthony, my brother, had been in the Marine Corps, so he had a little bit of money from that that we put towards opening the space. Um, but once, even once it was up and running, looking at the money that was coming in, what do we do at that point? We had 12,000 square feet. There were two of us and some other trainers and interns who were working at the facility. You know, we said, are we going to open another facility and hire a bunch of trainers and do a build out and then, you know, try to manage those people while still keeping the inflow of people here. It, It was just, you know, what does that look like at scale? And it was just way beyond what we were capable of at you know, twenty early twenties. Um, if we didn't go and get a whole bunch of loans and create a board of advisors or or at least create a network of people who were gonna help us maybe franchise or something like that, it was just there were so many barriers to entry at that point. Whereas you look at the online space and some of the people that you know I follow at this point, um, Gary Vanderchuk of Vander Media and formerly Wine Library TV, like he has one of his keynote talks where he's like, There is absolutely zero barrier to entry. Like, go online, start a WordPress site, and see if you can't get some people to follow you, and then maybe figure out how to monetize that. I mean, I wouldn't be as ignorant as to suggest that it's that simple, but the barrier to entry, the, the, the getting into the game is far less risky, far less costly than having a bricks and mortar space.
0: You know, I do think we overlook that sometimes in the online space. I mean, we run apps, we run app businesses, and I often get people say, you know, I'm not spending $300 on a mentor per month, or I'm not going to, uh, you know, buy this app, I'm going to uh, create my own app. And we try and do everything ourselves, trying to save costs, but it doesn't compare, you know, to running a bricks and mortar business. Some, you know, you had to uh, obviously have a very large capital outlay and you've got a space to manage and you've got to insure it. You've got to do all this different stuff. And so it's it's just a good, uh, I guess, wake up call to us that we can uh, actually, uh, we should be investing on ourselves and uh, in terms of our businesses because there's no barriers to entry. So, so Joe, we've got to talk about health here. I mean... It's made a difference in my life, you know, setting goals. And, and perhaps you could talk us through uh, w- why we should be uh, con- considering our health.
1: Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's the most important thing, right? That if, if you want to live a long life, which I think everybody does, or, you know, a meaningful one or at least one that you're enjoying, whether that's with your family or your work or hopefully a combination of both, you can't do that without... The physicalness of your body—you can't do that without a sound, a sound body. You can't, you can't think clearly. You can't go out and achieve the things that you hope to do um, in any capacity without your health. Um, so I think first and foremost that that kind of lays the foundation for what it is that we ultimately do. And I, when I talk about health, it's something that you mentioned. It is a crowded space online, and you see, you know. Sales pages and people with their shirts off and six pack abs and do this workout, take this supplement. Um, I really ch- kind of drill down and focus on, you know, let's fit fitness into your life. So people are free, you and I are free to define fitness for ourselves. So what it is, what exercise is for you is might not be the same as what it is for me, but, you know, it doesn't make it any less significant in our lives. We both, we both still have to maintain a certain baseline of health. Um so that's building the foundation is you know really what I try to harp on with people.
0: Have you got any quick tips that we could adopt? I mean I'm thinking that I was listening to a podcast recently where the uh, one of the guests was actually uh, uh, walking on a running machine uh, whilst doing the podcast uh, connected to Skype and it made me think we don't need to sit down all the, all the time, you know, we could quite for a small investment get a running machine and actually Uh, you know, I guess do podcasts or do some kind of online work whilst we're walking instead of sitting. Have you got any tips like that?
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, That's definitely one. And that's a little bit, you know, when we talked about the bricks and mortar space, that's maybe a barrier to entry, right? Trying getting the money to buy the machine and set up to walk. But, you know, if you didn't have that, having a stand-up desk um, is something that, you know, you can build, there's plans online, you can build a stand-up desk. Um, It's not all that expensive. Um, being on your feet. Um, If you are sitting down planning breaks routinely throughout the day. So in terms of productivity, they say every 90 minutes you should take a break. So if every 90 minutes you were taking a break from your work to kind of refocus about where you were and you stood up and took a lap around the office or just walked up and down the stairs or even stood up and stretched, you know, that goes a long way towards breaking that the sitting habit throughout the day. One of the things I like to do personally is, uh, it's kind of twofold. One is I'll make meetings walking. So if somebody's like, hey, do you want to get coffee or lunch or whatever it is? I'll say, yeah, I'll meet you, you know, maybe outside your office and we'll walk to wherever the place is or we'll grab a coffee and we'll walk around the block as we chat. Um, That it helps to break up the day and it, it helps to It kind of sets a different tone for the meeting as well. It's a little more casual, um, which I found is helpful towards building relationships. That's a terrific
0: idea. What an absolutely great idea, a walk-in meeting.
1: Yeah, and like I said, it puts people kind of at ease. You know, when you're in a conference room or even if you're meeting somebody at a coffee shop for the first time and you're sitting across from one another, it's, you know, there's that kind of dance that goes on when you're getting acquainted. But if you're just kind of strolling and taking a walk, it's a little more impromptu and it flows a little bit easier. So I'm a big fan of doing that.
0: (laughs) I guess you could uh, increase that and say, let's go for a run.
1: (laughs) That's what I was going to say. That's actually the second part where I said it was twofold, that if it's somebody who I know, because sometimes, you know, people are asking me for fitness advice or maybe we're working on some projects in the community. We, we help organize fitness type events. Um, I'll say, you know what, let's meet at the gym and we will I'll put you through a workout and we'll chat then. Or let's go for a bike ride um, and we'll take a, the bikes out and then grab lunch. Um, so the networking while being act- active or having meetings while being active um, is definitely worked for me too.
0: So this is the App Guide podcast and we'd love trying to create ideas for apps. Now, almost immediately as I was talking to you, I thought, I don't think there is any apps out there that uh, do this uh, exactly how I'm looking at this idea. Uh, What about an app that would connect you with, uh, I guess, a a personal coach or fitness instructor and rather than have like a one-on-one over Skype, both of you sitting down, you both do a workout, either a run, a bike ride or a jog. And you have to then use this app and uh, the app can maybe gauge that you are actually moving and you are running. And the personal coach can just talk you through your pace uh, as you're doing the exercise.
1: Yes, yeah, so it was like a, almost like a split screen, if you could, well, it might not be a split screen because you're not recording each other, but like two people in two separate places doing the same workout and maybe kind of competing against each other.
0: Yes, I know, I know Nike plus running does some kind of uh, integration with its app that means that you can, uh, you can compete against each other, but you almost get like a week or two weeks to, you know, run your uh, distance and then throw it over as a a competition for your friends to uh, compete against. But I'm thinking of an app where you actually have almost like a consultation, uh, but that is both why you're you're exercising you know even the coach is running or maybe even just a client is is going for a run and uh, listening to you uh do some personal coaching just an idea yeah,
1: for, yeah certainly i i think that there's you know there's the the dating apps where it shows you the people in your area and you can kind of scroll through um i don't know if you've ever seen these but you could do the same <laughs> my wife thing would, my
0: wife would uh uh, she couldn't kill me if she found some of those on my uh, iPhone.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> don't don't download that. It's bad. Yeah, well. no. Um, she
0: she already goes through my phone already. You know, just checking and so.
1: Yeah, but this one maybe people in the area who are maybe on a run or planning to go out and work out, and you could see who it is, and if they like somebody to join them, you could join up on a run or you know a bike ride or a, a, a fitness class. That'd be kind of neat
0: too. How about this? Uh, You've really got me going here. Uh, What about a a dating app? But you know how we often lie about our profile? We overemphasize our fitness. Um, The other person on the other end of the dating app sets some goals and can track, perhaps some way, uh, track through GPS that those goals are being met. So I am looking for someone who can run uh, 12 miles. Uh, And you've got to do that within the first week for me to actually meet you or yeah. or i am looking for someone who can i don't know bike 50 miles <laughs> so something uh, and i know there'll obviously be a little bit of cheating but uh, it it just you know like an app where you, you the you, before you actually have a blind date you set these goals for each other
1: yeah and this is kind of benchmarking you have to instead of wooing them with flowers or chocolates you have to do it with um, feats of physical fitness
0: there you go <laughs> <laughs> the hybrid dating app
1: yeah here it is we'll we'll start working on that when we get off this call (laughs) okay
0: now you know that's what we like to do on this show is that we often come out with uh, some really good ideas so the final way of doing this is that we ask our guests I particularly ask uh, do you have any pain points in your business currently Uh, you know just think about back uh, over the last few weeks things that have really frustrated you Uh, you've been pulling your hair out, you know, just anything that perhaps then we could flesh out another idea for an app to resolve some of those pain points.
1: Um, specifically we've, one thing that's, I think a lot of people are struggling with right now, maybe not struggling with, but it's creating a headache is that, um, I don't know, like Facebook, if we do a fair amount of Facebook, um, not promotions, but just sharing content and tracking that back to the website and then having people opt in and, you know, just one other platform for them to connect with us. And the reach is going, our reach is going down. Like we have 12,000 fans on Facebook and 200 people are seeing the posts. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not getting out to as many people as it, you know, formerly did. And, um, so that's one thing that we're look. you know, we have other platforms. We have Pinterest, we have email, we have Instagram, Twitter, obviously all those things. Um, But trying to ramp up more that visual, um, but also providing the links and offers and things like that. Um, So this is where
0: Facebook has been a little bit naughty, really, because uh, they've encouraged all of us to go and set up these Facebook fan pages. And we've put a lot of effort into marketing, getting the audience on there. And now you're you're telling me that when you post to your 12,000 fans, that Uh, literally a a very small fraction of them are actually seeing your posts which means that you need to advertise with Facebook to get your message to your fans which is crazy
1: yeah and that's what you know you even the some of the paid promotions it shows you who they're going to and you can you know kind of work with the demographics to have a specific reach but um it's costing more and more and we're you know we're not spending. That's not. We're not budgeting to do that because formally we are able to use that. And if it's one of those things, you know, if, if you create great content, that it should kind of filter to the top. And that's the moves that Google has tried to make um, via search. But it's not the case during Facebook. It's much more um, kind of controlled as to what they're letting people see, as opposed to what you're earning.
0: So yeah, I'm not sure if there's an app idea there, but certainly a warning to uh, anyone who's listening and and thinking about setting up a Facebook fan page is that just be careful about how much you spend uh, advertising that as the sole source of your fan base, because then uh, Facebook have the ultimate power to uh, take away those fans in a way that it you know even though you've got twelve thousand fans, you know effectively you're only uh, reaching two hundred of them, and uh, clearly that's that that's not going to have a good return if you were spending a lot of money to get those 12,000 in the first place. So yeah, I think that's a good warning for us.
1: Yeah, fortunately we didn't spend a ton of money to get them. It was that whole idea that we're we're putting out stuff that people like. So, you know, they're seeing it and they're liking it and sharing it. Um, But now less people see it, so less people share it. And then ultimately the reach is fewer. And that's why when, you know, I talk to people who are kind of, we do a little bit of work with, Um, specifically fitness entrepreneurs who are trying to transition to that online space or even if they have a physical space, trying to have an online presence. And one of the things I'm quick to tell them is, you know, you have to be visible, visible on a number of platforms because even though Twitter, Facebook, Instagram are free, like you said, they could pull the rug out from underneath you at any time and along with it take all your followers or charge you a premium to even be on the site. So, you know, you have to work to diversify
0: that. That's a great lesson for us all. And it just reminds me of the importance of actually building your own platform as well. And clearly that you can always rely on, uh, I guess, your subscriber list through your direct uh, uh, visitors to your website as opposed to all these other platforms that then are an additional source of traffic. But ultimately, I guess you point them to your website. That's probably your, I guess, your preferred, you know, if you had an ideal place for people to go, it would be a website, I'm guessing.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then from there, you know, it's like anywhere else here. You'd like them to, you know, one, you want to earn their trust. You want them to come back. So they're, they're either subscribing via email, opting into your list, maybe bookmarking the page or purchasing something. Um, because then that's, you know, one of the kind of three ways that you can, two ways at least you can get their contact information and then stay up to date with them. And like you said, build your own platform.
0: And I'm really enjoying looking at your website because it's obviously a very clean website Uh, immediately there. It gives me the option to join, uh, I guess, your list and uh, keep updated with, um, I guess, a lot of free content that you're putting out there to your list. Uh, Did you find that, I guess, have you got any tips about the way you set it up uh, to help us in our uh, list building exercises?
1: Yeah, certainly. I want to, a couple things that we do, and this goes back to kind of to trying to differentiate ourselves from other people in the fitness space, uh, as you mentioned, and I'm I'm happy that you did uh, that it that people notice it. It's very simple, um, very clean design, uh, very kind of minimalist approach, and instead of having a million different tabs where people can click and get lost, you know. The tabs that are there are there because we want you to click on them. Like I know where you're going to go, and I can see we track it via heat map where people are clicking on the site. And when we had a million different tabs and sidebars, you know, people are getting lost and they're they're not taking any action. They're just kind of cruising around the site, getting bored and then leaving. But now it's you can you can opt in. You can get some free workouts. Check out our articles and videos, also free. You can learn about us. And again, the new here kind of fills you in on what's happening and, uh, you know, again, another opportunity to opt into the list. So it's kind of a very streamlined, here's some useful content, here's a lot of free content, and then from that, we work with people and promote our products through email and, you know, we sell actual physical exercise equipment and have offers for things like that. So that all takes place once once we kind of win you over.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a huge amount of content on here, Joe, and you know, I'm certainly would encourage anyone who's listening and that wants to check out what what would you suggest for people listening? What uh, what's the best thing to go and check out first in terms of uh, your website?
1: Yeah, there's um, the new here tab, kind of you know, fills people in on what we're doing. That some of the things that I touched on, we're trying to make simplify fitness and make it work for you. But the kind of most Popular training plan is the bodyweight training plan, and that has three, four hundred some shares on Facebook and things like that. You know, a ton of people are using it and downloading it. Um, and so, that's the most popular one. It's you know, all bodyweight exercises. You don't need any equipment, you can do it at home. The workouts won't take any longer than 45 minutes. Um, so, it's a really great introductory program to get you moving. Without requiring anything else, except for just go do the exercises.
0: So almost as well, I think you know we like to apply uh, things to our world as well, the app world. I mean, we had an ep- episode with a guy who wrote, uh, an author, um, best-selling author who wrote uh, Inside the Box, uh, Drew Boyd, and he got us thinking about uh, taking what's really working in one industry and applying it to another. And I'm almost thinking that. It, you know you've got such a great website that we could be applying these principles so having videos uh, maybe not of uh, workouts but uh, of uh, maybe workouts in the app world you know like we, this is where you need this is what you need to learn to uh, write your first bit of code uh, this is what you need to write uh, a code for you know building a tab and putting a video on an iphone and, and maybe having like a series of uh, very educational uh, work um, not workouts but workouts for app developers effectively and, uh, yeah. yeah.
1: I, I think that'd be huge. It's talking to other people, like I said, who are trying to get in the online space. You don't, you don't have to overthink it. You know, you don't have to create some webinar series that you're doing. Just, you know, take some screen captures of you doing some work, writing code, put a voiceover to it and upload it to a YouTube page. And slowly people start finding that. And then they start tracking back to you. And then you build a little reputation online that you can you know, either use to get different gigs, building apps, or maybe do a little consulting business, or maybe, you know, who knows what it can spin into, but you're already doing the work, you know, just take the video or the photos or write a little recap of it and start sharing it with people.
0: So so I'd be interested in YouTube there, Joe, I know, I know that we're getting towards the end of the interview, but I'm also, I'm really interested in YouTube, because we did have uh, Syed Bolki who is um, uh, kind of a YouTube sensation. He's got about 120 million uh, views to his uh, channel, List25. And so he was adamant that we should be using YouTube. But I also like, I do see other people uh, that are running businesses where they have some great content. So, for example, some great podcasts, uh, some great blogs, and they try and put that onto YouTube and they don't get any views at all. And so I see this kind of disparity between these two businesses. Uh, Would you, uh, I guess, emphasize the use of YouTube as a a traffic source for your website?
1: I think ultimately it can't can't hurt. Um, But I don't know, you're going to prioritize them based on what kind of industry you're in. Like for us, if I'm telling people about exercises, I can write a description of the exercise all day, but one video solves that problem forever. So now if I have you know, people who are using the free content on the site or people I'm doing online coaching with, I can just send them the video and say, here you go. So for us, it made a lot of sense and people find that through search. Um, but the most important thing is to think about the people on the platforms. There's different people on different platforms. So the people who are on YouTube aren't necessarily the people who are on Instagram, aren't, aren't the people who you're targeting on Twitter. They're all, different people in different demographics and when they're on those platforms they're thinking about different things so pinterest is you know you're thinking about things you want to buy or maybe things you you're you are you are going to buy in the future whereas facebook you're kind of keeping up with family and you're keeping tabs on friends and you know updating people to your life where even twitter now is becoming like a news resource so how you target those people on those different platforms i think is the focus not necessarily like you know how many youtube fans do i have versus facebook likes they're d- different people in different mindsets
0: yeah i was just wondering as well about youtube uh, does have a slight downside in that it often i guess takes traffic away from your website uh, back onto youtube and through its video recommendations and uh, i've recently found this service called wistia uh, i don't know if you've come across wistia uh, but it's a video hosting service whereby you can embed uh almost like a sc- uh, list building uh during the video so that you could capture people's oh, wow. yeah you capture people's emails uh during uh the video so like you can play half the video and then for them to watch, watch the second half they have to put in their email uh or you ask them to put the email in up front or you know and you you control the the video and you control the content And so uh, I'm seeing that 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 is a popular alternative uh, to YouTube, although I guess, you know, it's like a free service, but when you get so many videos, uh, you then have to pay. But, uh, yeah, it could be worth looking into.
1: Yeah, do you know who else does that is um, Lead Player. Lead Player is a very popular uh, email capture on videos. They do a similar thing.
0: Okay, that's a good resource. I'm making a note of that. Uh, All this stuff will go in the show notes, so uh, people listening, they can just go to uh, theappguy.co and go to the episode with Joe Venere, and then you'll see uh, some of the uh, mentions of uh, the show. So how best, Joe, how best can we help you out? Uh, what would you suggest? Do you want us to go and review some of your material, uh, go and sign up to your list? What would you like uh, our audience to do?
1: Yeah, I'd love it if people just um, went and kind of checked out that uh, six-week bodyweight training program or one of the other workout plans that are on there you know, full workout plans are free. And if you like it, if it's something that you feel like works for you, and we've, like I said, we've had a ton of people and testimonials who are able to make some really great progress um, with those, just, you know, drop me an email and let me know what you think. And uh, that, I think that's the best thing, you know, kind of like a, an honest uh, opinion on somebody new to the site who's, you know, what do they think of the feel of the site and how do they like the flow and Um, Just getting some honest feedback is, you know, always kind of invaluable.
0: And what is your email, Joe, just for people to email you?
1: It's joe at thehybridathlete.com.
0: Okay, great. Well, Joe, you are an inspiration to me and an inspiration to, I'm sure, so many people uh, doing, you know, business at such a young age. And, uh, you know, the 22 and your brother 18 is a phenomenal uh, story. Uh, I've really enjoyed listening to uh, how you've then moved over to the online world and and how it's really working out for you. So, uh, it's been great. Thanks for joining us on the App Guy podcast. I'd love to get you back and. Uh, Maybe when I've been through one of your workouts and uh, I'll have a video with you and you can check out my six pack. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, we'll do that for sure. I know my wife keeps harping on about me trying to uh, work out and uh, um, I'm just currently doing actually I'm doing the paleo diet and uh, I don't know if you have an opinion on that.
1: Yeah, I think how's how long have you been doing it?
0: Oh, three three weeks. It's through. It's because of the app called Lift. There's an app called Lift, and
1: I know it. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. I've been uh, addicted to uh, completing things and swiping and and so yeah, just three weeks. But I mean, I'm starting to feel a bit better. But it's a struggle to try and find actually what to eat.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a big transition. That's the hardest thing is not eliminating too many things right off the bat because um, that'll that kind of stops you in your tracks you're like oh i can't have any bread like no bread none um and then a lot of things have bread in it so um (laughs) yeah yeah. i think just making taking a transition making planning out a transition into it you know i'll slowly eliminate these different things instead of trying to do it all at once is how you know i've helped people find success with the paleo diet
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a good idea because especially when you're out, it's really tough. I mean, there's there's no way you can eat out. There's not really that many restaurants that cater for your needs. And then you find yourself rushing to a supermarket and just buying a packet of meat because (laughs) there's there's literally, you know, it makes you realize that actually in modern food, there really is, you know, it's all got bread and uh, wheat and uh, dairy. And yeah, it's really... really, uh, challenging i guess to find anything to eat other than uh, just cook cook yourself
1: yeah
0: it is joe it's been wonderful we'll let you get back to your day job thanks for joining us on the upgoat podcast and uh, all the best to you, you and your brother and you're welcome back anytime
1: yeah thank you again i really appreciate it
0: thank you for listening to this podcast Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com.
1: The App Guy Podcast.